common sense. It's not so common anymore. That's why we need Scott Inez more than ever. It's time for Inez Says. Welcome you back to the Inez Says Podcast. I am Scott Inez. Thanks so much for being here today. You can find the podcast right there on the front page of the WDBO app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you can find me on the radio every single weekday morning, Orlando's Morning News. With Scott Inez, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO, 107.3 FM and AM 580. Be sure to stream us there in the WDBO app. Well, it happened again. Yep, Donald Trump indicted yet again. This time, in my humble opinion, it is a sham case brought forth by the Biden DOJ and special counsel Jack Smith that Trump made knowingly false claims of voter fraud in the 2020 election, among other things. Look, the previous indictment of the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, it may or may not have merit, okay? But this one, like the one in New York City and others, is totally and utterly preposterous and political. This is all about the criminalization of politics. And once again, how many times have I said it over the last several months? It reeks of the U.S. becoming a banana republic. Now, let's get to Brian Kilmeade's thoughts on the topic of the day. Here's that chat with Brian now. What do you make of the latest indictment of our former president here, Brian? Well, it's unbelievable that everyone's pointing out the timing on normal channels, uh, but uh, they don't care. You know, it is almost as if this would, I almost make it akin to the shoplifting we see basically in San Francisco where they know the cameras are on. Mm-hmm. They know there's a security guard at the gate, mm-hmm. but they need stuff and they're going to take stuff and they're going to resell it because they know if you're under $2,000 or a certain threshold, you're not going to get convicted. And they also know that they can't put their hands on you, uh, but they don't even care about public perception. I mean, obviously the indictment's not even done. Uh, when they rolled out more charges on the Mar-a-Lago situation, that was unnecessary. But what happened the day before? Well, Devin Archer was about to testify. What happened the day before? More revelations about Hunter Biden and the deal that collapsed the day before, uh, you know, with all the charges on him and they're trying to get another deal together. I can't wait to see what that looks like. So it's almost as if they don't care about appearances. And it's very similar to what's going on in our major cities. But I also would say, too, I have two schools of thought. One is they want to they want Trump to get the nomination and then because they, they think they can beat him. Number two is they wanted to destroy him, uh, kill him in his crib, in his in his primary crib, and so not to deal with him anymore. And I don't think they expected this response. I don't think they expected after he was impeached when he left, after the 2022, a lot of his candidates blew up with terrible candidates. The governor of Pennsylvania comes to mind. Uh, you know, Carrie Lake had a, had a win that she decided to blow because she won way to the right. And I could go go on. And he did not do well in Georgia, as we know. And everyone thought, okay, this guy's done, so let's just finish him. And as he gains steam, they're like, now let's go for it. And then they go for the indictment, and they go, wait a second, he went up. And they go, let's go for a second indictment. Oh, my God, he's actually uh, gaining on Biden. And now he's in a dead heat in the most Democrat-friendly poll possible, uh, the Siena College New York Times poll. And now they knew this third indictment was coming. The president announced it two weeks ago. He said, I, you know, I got a target letter. I'm going to be indicted. You know, George is going to be next in about two and a half weeks. Yeah. So what happens? The rest of the field goes silent. They're forced to comment on, drum roll please, Donald Trump. And if you want to be tough on him, Will Hurd, Chris Christie, uh, good luck with that. If you want to be ignore it, they say you have no guts, like Chris Nunu will say. You have no guts, guys. If you want to beat him, you've got to beat the man, criticize the man. Well, you still are in single digits against him. 
And just to give you an idea, uh, for everybody out there who thinks if Donald Trump goes away, he's 78 years old, you know, soon he'll be gone and we'll get over this. Look at the way they're going after your governor. They're going after the governor. He's a racist. He doesn't like people. He uh, is so pro-life. Um, you know, he doesn't like women. He wants to ban books. Uh, terrible cat. Um, wait a second. This guy is an up-and-coming star in his 40s who produces results in the most critical time possible for a governor during the pandemic. And now he's the worst person in the world. Everyone's got because they look at him as the next Trump. Anyone thinks that if Youngkin gets in the race, they go, well, he's such a nice guy. Democrats will just go on and go on about his policies. They're going to go after him for his international business deals. They're going to make they're going to cut him up like they did Mitt Romney, only to the tenth power. And I, I'm really bothered by it. I'm bothered by the fact that I think Republicans are heading down the path of impeaching Biden. I think Biden's done uh, what could turn out to be worse stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to. I'll wait. I'm, I'm, this stuff that comes out is worse than I thought. Mm-hmm. But I'll wait. I'll wait to find out what they got totally, because as they unwind a little bit from Archer and a little bit from Bobulinski and a little bit from this text message and a little bit from the Freedom of Information Act, we're seeing a major multi-million dollar operation that Joe, that Hunter Biden foolishly started by dropping off that laptop in a in a crack uh, induced stupor. So I think there's there's a lot to go over here. I also think this. I hate Pearl Harbor, don't you? Mm-hmm. I hate 9-11, don't you? Mm-hmm. But what if I talked about it every day? Mm-hmm. Even the survivors would say, hey, guys, enough. You know how outraged I am about Afghanistan, as are you, Scott, mm-hmm. uh, the way we left. But you don't want to hear it every day. It doesn't mean I don't care about it. But it means I don't want to hear it. If they were rolling out slow indictments out of Afghanistan every day, and I'd go, guys, No one's more outraged than me. I see the suicides that have come from this. I've seen the people and what's happened with recruitment from this. I see the weakness that America looks at, how weak we look on the world stage. I I don't want to hear it every day. This is two and a half years of January 6th every day. Mm -hmm. And people are going, wait a second. I hated with Trump's speech. I hated that he had the rally. I don't like the way he acted after he lost. But this is so getting me so angry, I'm actually forgetting about it. Yeah. So I think, in a way, the Democrats don't know what they're what they've unleashed. No, I think you're absolutely right. Look, you can disagree with what Trump said after the election, but now are we criminalizing free speech here? I mean, by my count, I'm I'm looking back in in the uh, the 21st century here. You got Hillary Clinton, you got John Kerry, you got Al Gore, you got Bernie Sanders, Stacey Abrams, all Democrats who have questioned the legitimacy of elections. Should we go back and indict them as well? I, I like that point, uh, especially Stacey Abrams. Not only that, I believe if I remember remember correctly, it's so hard to remember, and if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll take the hit. But didn't Hollywood begin to boycott Georgia yes. and stop doing movies they because did. they said they thought it was a corrupt election that Kemp shouldn't have won? Not only did Kemp win the election, but he went back and pounded her four years later after pure just doing a fantastic job. And if he stole the election, you would think with all that Hollywood money behind it and all the celebrities and Oprah and saying, you know, by the way, Stacey Adams is extremely talented, fantastic speaker. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, unlike Joe Biden and other people like Senator Fetterman, I, I looked at her as competent. I just didn't agree with her on everything, mm-hmm. anything. But I appreciated also the fact that she mobilized that uh, get out the vote effort. But um, she lost and she lost again. And why do people not bring that up? 
I mean, is is unbelievable to me. She cost that city millions of dollars for the All-Star game. So then they changed her in retro. They changed her editorial in the USA Today because she realized that she called for a boycott that's costing inner city Atlanta mm-hmm. money and gave it to Colorado. So yeah. uh, I, I like your point. Are the White House, the Biden DOJ, are they just making Donald Trump stronger and stronger here? Because half the country sees all these indictments as confirmation that there is rampant corruption at the top end of our federal government here, Brian. And it's so obvious. Like, for example, if you did not have the Hunter contrast, you'd say, wow, this seems weird. I mean, look at the way they're going after this. The Stacey Abrams would be the example you bring up, or there might be the uh, there might be the way everybody acted after Donald Trump won in 2016. Everybody know that he's an illegitimate president. People that didn't show up as inaugural. The people that protested when Vice President Biden just tried to gavel in the final results. You see this on video. These people saying he's illegitimate. The Russians gave it to him and then what happened after. But now you have the Hunter Biden thing as it relates to Joe unfolding simultaneously. And you see them getting the Heisman. You see them trying to squelch to your original point. To squelch the every time something happens with Hunter that leads to Joe, up comes or an investigation, up comes something with an indictment on Trump. Yeah. So if you didn't have the contrast, it might have been hard to get people to pay attention. But we're seeing the contrast. And I have to ask you and our, our listeners, not the people that love Trump for better or for worse, find out somebody in your life that's undecided, undecided, independent. And just ask them what, what has changed, if anything, over the last year. Yeah. Has anything changed? Yeah. And I think they're finding, uh, like I'm looking at Carl Roves, who does not like Trump, seeing the numbers, and they're seeing black males coming right. Uh, and they're seeing the Republican Party growing in popularity, now over three points over Democrats. And I don't think it's because of Donald Trump's charm. To me, this is banana republic-like, Brian. And I know that the Washington Post reported that Trump has spent about $40 mil in legal fees so far. And that's so far, by the way. This man continues to fight all these fights. you got to wonder, and you've spent time with him, like, how in the world does this guy get up the strength to deal with all these messes each and every day? It would have buried me a long time ago. You know what he said to me? Uh, he said, what choice do I have? Right. I mean, one choice would be not to run. Number two is, I, I at first I said, man, but when these when these farmers and when these manu- uh, factory workers and you know retail salespeople and car dealership uh, work, you know, uh, mechanic, car mechanics, the people that really fuel Donald Trump, he gets a lot of working class people, middle class people know that it's going to his legal fees. I think they're going to be upset. Now I don't think they're going to be. And, like, I looked at Chris Christie's treat, and, you know, my problem with Chris Christie is I'm friends with him, uh, and I understand his intellect, and, and I have a hard time criticizing him. And that's, uh, But I saw his tweet, and it said that, you know, Donald Trump brought this on himself and how are people going to feel when their money that donated to him goes to his legal fees. I thought a year ago that would be a problem, mm-hmm. but now I think it's a badge of honor. I will help you fight and win. Mm-hmm. How many other people can avoid a Already, a minimum $60 million legal fees. I'm pretty sure, Scott, that would cut into your uh, savings account. A little bit. So yeah. we would we would all have to cut deals. We'd all would have to cut deals, whether mm-hmm. we're innocent or not. Mm-hmm. And he's going, yeah, no, no, I'm going to fight it. Boom, next. I'm going to fight it. And I'm going to fight it because, by the way, when these guys, and I'm not there, obviously no one listening to me is probably there. But when you get to that level, you can move money around. You could put, um, you take mortgages out on properties that you know have better value than you're told. And, you, you know, you move money around to get it. So even him, even Donald Trump with his resources, 
would have problems mm-hmm. without people donating. Yeah. And I just don't think it's a negative anymore. I looked at Chris Rizzi's kid. I'm like, Chris, I think that's very eight months ago. Thanks to Brian Kilmeade for being on the Inez Says podcast today. That's going to wrap it up for the podcast. Join me on the radio every single weekday morning. Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. I'll see you next time.